podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the UK ice hockey podcast. We are in partnership with the Hockey Art Co, hockey clothing for hockey people, worn by the best and hated by the rest. Listeners to Zero Pucks Given get a 10% discount off everything site-wide at hockeyartclothing.co.uk. So head to their website and check out all of the stock there and then get your little discount when you check out. We are also part of the Sports Social Podcasting Network. Absolutely delighted to be part of this network. Really is pushing the podcast out to as many people as possible and growing the interest in ice hockey in the UK as well. You can find all of the details about Zero Pucks Given on my, the landing page on the Sports Social Podcast Network website. And obviously, of course, follow us on all the socials and you won't miss anything there. Welcome back. This is episode 75. Uh, I'm Ben and we've got a little bit of news to start with that came out of about a week late, uh, after the Chelmsford Chieftains' victory at Oxford City Stars last week, Cameron Bartlett netted his 500th point for the Chieftains. Absolutely incredible achievement, and a huge congratulations to Cam for achieving 500 points. How many more will he add to that? He certainly added two more at the very least, I think possibly even four more this, this weekend, just gone in the 17-2 victory over Milton Keynes. The other bit of news that I just wanted to also go through, obviously I had my opinion and we said our little piece about the uh, the DOP sort of outcome, but we didn't run through all of the bans. Now, I think some of these are being appealed, so they may well change as we go through the future. We'll start with the Stretton Redhawks, and Brandon Miles received four games for fighting at the end of a period. Uh, JJ Pitchley also received four games for fighting at the end of a period. Josh Martin received 20 games for a check from behind with force causing injury. Nate Gregory received a total of 12 games, four games for fighting at the end of a period, four games for fighting a downed opponent, and four games for returning to become involved in an altercation. Josh Ely Newman also got four games for fighting at the end of the period, but breached the 10 penalty points, so gets two extra games and is banned for a total of six. For Invicta then, Matty Bell also received four games for fighting at the end of a period. Brandon Chard also received four games for fighting at the end of a period. They are both being appealed. Harrison Lillis received four games for fighting at the end of the period, but uh, gone past the 10 penalty points, so gets a two extra games, so a six-game total. And Josh Condren, now been released by the Invicta Dynamos, received 12 games for slashing an opponent with violence after the end of the period. There was also a bench penalty to stress him to Stan Ratcliffe four games for failure to control the team. So those are your DOPS bans. As I said, some of them may change because appeals are taking place. Um, there's a lot of sort of stuff doing the rounds, extra videos and stuff that people haven't seen of perhaps people that were involved that haven't received any punishment. I would imagine that England Ice Hockey are probably going to be reviewing all the footage that's available to them. Um, but like I said I, I, in the last episode, the ones that have been given out big bans, I think we need to see the videos that they've seen and need to hear their explanation for it as well. Uh, just because the, the issues we've had with DOPS, that uh, obviously going back to the Darcy Flanagan incident, we spoke to Darcy about it, we spoke to Joe Llewellyn about it as well. Uh, Nikki over at 4000 Counting did a fantastic job with Shane Moore kind of shining a light on everything that DOPS was doing wrong. So this was a real opportunity, I think, for them to actually put it all out there and, and get it right try and get some people involved that really do understand the sport and and they could have could have got it right. Unfortunately, I think it's just sort of blown up in their face again. But we will see. We will see what the full outcomes are. So this special episode then, this one is for you Oxford City Stars fans. Of course, this, this chap did have a little spell at Chelmsford Chieftains as well and a little bit in Milton Keynes, but this is mainly for everybody that is Oxford because there is no man more Oxford than Darren Elliott. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Zero Pucks Given in partnership with the Hockey Art Co. and on the Sports Social Podcast Network. We are very, very happy to present Darren Elliott. How are you doing this evening, fella? I'm good, thank you. Uh, how are you? You good? I am really well, mate. Really well. Absolutely buzzing after a weekend's hockey that I thoroughly enjoyed as a Chelmsford fan. It was probably not so enjoyable for you guys in Oxford. Uh, you had a bit of a tough game at home to Slough on Sunday night, a 9-1 defeat. Can you tell us a bit about that? Well, I can tell you a little bit, but um, I can't tell you a lot because I actually wasn't there. So it's um, was <clears throat> no, weekend so off. Obviously, uh, uh, with my... Um, the sort of the deal that I've got, like a lot, all the junior, my role in the, within the junior club is that, you know, juniors comes first, anything to do with the junior club. And that is my full commitment. And I kind of help out with the stars as and when I can. Um, mm. And unfortunately this weekend, I wasn't available. So, which is a bit of a shame. So I'd like to, like to try and chase a load of those young guns around the ice. They're, they're a good team. Um, and I know the boys had a tough night um, in Oxford. Um, but I think any team that plays Slough this year is going to have a tough tough night. I mean, they're, they're a very, very well-drilled, um, young, um, enthusiastic squad. And they're obviously being run by Smittle at the head of it all. I mean, they're never going to be a a, a walkover. They're always going to be a, sort of a, a team to to go against. Do you know what I mean? So Yeah, they've had a roster that's been together for quite a few years now as well. So they've all probably know each other inside out. And exactly. I think it's, if any club could choose a path to go down, it'd be exactly the one that Slough have done and mm. built over the last few seasons. So, I mean, yeah, he's doing great things there, all, all the way through the ages, um, the age groups. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good setup. Oh, yes. Yeah. So you don't see many players in the NHL 1 on a two-way with a junior club, and you're uh, and they take the most of your time. So, how did your juniors yeah. get on this weekend? Um, yeah, not too bad. It's 16s and 18s at... Um, they uh, the 16s played Bristol. They won 5-1. Um, they're unbeaten so far this year. They're doing really, really well. They're being run by Dean Burrell. Um And the 18s, they um, they took a bit of a defeat to um, Invicta um, 9-1, which is a, a lot of our 18s squad is made up from our 16s as well. Um, and they played literally before the 18s did. So a lot of the squad were quite tired, obviously, back-to-back games on the same night. Um, they were 2-1 up going, at lead going into the second. And then I think um, Invicta sort of turned on the burners a bit and banged eight goals in in the second that kind of sort of buried them, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but, you know, it's, um, it's a work in progress. And, yeah, they, they, they had a, dec- a decent decent weekend. So, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's all good. Yeah. Well, the, in, in British hockey, the L word is not thrown around lightly. But over 430 games for the Stars, you are considered an Oxford City Stars legend. Um <laughs> Had a few years out, and then as you said, this year's sort of come back to to sort of help the lads out because it was despite the fact that there seems to be a really good roster that's been put there together that that Simon Anderson at the start of the season and now Shannon Taylor's taking on with him, and a lot of people, including myself, actually predicted they'd do quite well, probably even head to the top four. Um, yeah. But obviously, you come back in because it wasn't really happening. Were you? Uh, was that one of the reasons that you went back in to try and sort of galvanise it from the inside out? Um, a little bit. I mean. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like I'm, I'm heavily involved in Oxford, and I always have been, and I always will be as long as I can. Um, you know, and I'm, I've worked with Simon before. I've played with Simon, and he's a great coach. Uh, I don't know anyone that's more dedicated to the game, like on and off the ice, as he is. He puts so much time and effort in. If he's not in a rink where he's coaching, he's out looking at other teams and players. Um, and uh, we spoke a bit in the summer and I was like, listen, like, my days are done. I'm coaching. I'm loving the junior thing right now. <clears throat> um, but then as the, as the time went on, like every now and again, I'd help out on the bench. Um, and like, like at most players, like you get the, the little 
niggling you that it's like, oh man, can I still still do this? And mm. got the opportunity and and stuff. And then it wasn't going the way that I think they thought it was going to go. Um, and Simon mentioned it a couple of times, and I like brushed it under the carpet, sort of leave it where it is. Um, and then it just got to a point where I think Simon was in a bit of a situation, and I could see it sort of eating him away a bit. And uh, you know, he's he's as much a, a friend away from hockey as he is in hockey. And it was like, listen, if there's anything I can do to help, then why not? And I spoke to the family and looked at the what we what I could commit to and what I couldn't. And thankfully, they let me sort of go back and sort of say to Simon, yeah, let's uh, let's give it a whirl. And I wasn't like I'm never I was never a light it up player. I just give 110 percent every shift, and I just I was always saw myself as a bit of a leader in the room. Um, and he just said, "Listen, you know something's not clicking. Maybe it's the room or whatever." And I just come back in, just thought I could help out in that respect, um, and just see where it went. And first game back, it went okay. We we lost three two to Solent in overtime. Um, it went all right for me personally, 1G and 1A, uh, an apple and a, a goal. And I thought, you know what, this is all right. And he played me in a position that I'd never really played in before in centre. Um, and I think being away from the game with the coaching and all that, you see the game a lot different. And I think that helped me sort of coming back as well. I played the game completely different to what I used to. And um, I haven't been able to play that many games. But, you know, it's just... It's a funny one. Like like you said, they've got a good roster and one man coming in is not going to change change any team. But we've had good spells, we've had bad spells and the results haven't gone our way and you know, but it just yeah, it's it's tough and I think Simon had a tough gig for the, the time that he was there and I think enough was enough and I think it was time for him to go when he did. Um and like I spoke to Shane and I spoke to Shannon and we were all sort of talking and racking our brains and Shannon got the go ahead and he's, he seems to have the room and he's, you know, he's, he's playing maybe a bit more of an offensive style of hockey. Um, he's getting more shots on the board. Um, we've got, been getting, averaging more goals a game um, and things are starting to click and with anything, he's made a few changes. So it's not just changing the style of play since he's taken over, he's changed the squad. So he's kind of like, He's got a big job in there at the moment. And I think he's just now it's about damage limitation, make the best out of a bad situation. Mm. Um, and to be honest, probably building now towards the back end of this year, ready for next year. Um, but yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, there's, like you said, in the summer, I can remember you guys talking about it. And I can remember you done, you put a thing out there about who we think is going to compete and what the stars' um, main advantages will. They're, they're, like the the better parts of their squad and everyone was saying the defense and like they had a solid defensive lineup um and they've got some good forwards i mean the imports they've got like they're they're good players but for some reason it's it's mad maybe it was just too much of a mix up this year um but i don't know maybe it, maybe they just need a longer a bit longer than a season to sort of get some connection going but it is what it is it's hockey and you know, the new coaches come and go, players come and go, and you always you always have to adapt and and stuff. And Shannon seems to be he's got he's got an agenda that he wants to work with, and the boys know that. Um, and if he makes changes before the end of the month, like some clubs like will, then we'll have to wait and see. But I think um, I think Shannon's doing a good job. He's got a good good mindset. He's got a, a good um, rapport with the with the guys, and I think if it's not now then I think steadily on down the line I think Shannon will Shannon will do a good job mm. as you say as mixed up slightly Gan Costa will come in um, to sort of to bolster this sort of the attack in the lineup. and I have been told because you know Sporty 3 that he does still look pretty good on the ice yeah it's mad like he's um, <laughs> it's crazy like we're the same age and he's like a lot bigger than me he's a lot more built and <laughs> he's played at, he's played at a lot higher level um, he's got a wealth of hockey knowledge and experience and again I think what he may lack in his game now to what he did when he was in his prime I think be it just having someone of that calibre in the room um, especially if he just like Shannon's saying about hopefully going toward maybe like a bit of a younger squad what he can bring to those players of, of a younger age will be massive and you know it'll be good to have him in there it'll be a massive plus but we'll see he's um mm. 
still he's still still got the hockey IQ. He's got the head. He's got the brains. He's he knows what he's at. He knows the game inside out, and it's going to be much more of a plus than a negative to have him around. I think. Yeah, it's why I can't get my head around it because like the off ice stuff rocks with this year has been phenomenal. The social oh. media is off the charts. The PR is fantastic. The way that Shane has he's got so far ahead of the game with everything controversial that's happened in hockey in the last twelve months. Shane yeah. has been at the forefront and he's jumped on it and he's got everything spot on. And you yeah. say having someone like Jan in the room and as well as having someone like, like Petter in the room, mm. how that cannot have a positive effect on these young athletes is it, it must do. So then it's such a struggle to realise why it's not going so well. Yeah, it's just, um, you know what, it's, um, and I'm going to, I'm going to bring up the junior club as well, obviously, because that's, at the foundation of everything, but even within the junior setup, all the way from our tens up to NIHL one, like the social media, we've got so many more volunteers involved now. Like the social media thing is kicked off throughout all of our junior stuff. It's everywhere, and it's like the club's moving mountains. Like we're doing really, really well. But you know, and like you can see with Slough, Slough wasn't built overnight, and I think it's, I think maybe because Clubs like Slower, they they've concentrated on this on ice product for so long. Now that it's really pushing through, people see it and they're like, "Oh, this is amazing." Mm. Whereas you look at Oxford, like we haven't really had the on ice product in like the junior setup and all of that for so long. The social media sides come in. All of a sudden, we're in front of everyone. We're everyone seeing seeing it for what it is, like on screen and all of this sort of stuff. And maybe the expectation of the on-ice product is not where people think it should be for the social media side, but we are getting there. Like we're pushing, we're building on the ice all the way through juniors, um, and I think it, we will get there. We will get there. But like you say, I think it's just gone bang. It's hit hard, really, at such a level off the ice with like like uh, CCM, Carl Catlin, um, media, and all of that. Like he's bang on it. Um, and all the other stuff, the Facebook, the Twitter, all of it, it's going crazy. And it's, it's, it's great for the club. It's getting us a lot of exposure. We're getting contacts from like new players from everywhere. We're getting a lot more interest into the club. Um, and it's, it's making a massive difference. And it's good. It's, it, it's amazing. Um, and I think now we've just got to catch up with the, with the on-ice product and get it where it really deserves to be. Yeah. Do, do you think a lot of your juniors then, they can see that clear path? They're sort of thinking they're in the junior team and that's their aim to play for the City Stars. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big believer, like being a junior coach, and this might sound really um, a bit wrong, but for me as a coach, I always, I think I'm, I, uh, right now I'm, I'm coaching players to be the best they can be. If, if they end up in the Stars, they end up in the Stars. But for me, I want kids to be the best they can be and play at the highest level that they can play, whether that be abroad or here in the UK. I'm just here to create the best players that I can make out of any individual. Um, so that's from my point of view as a junior coach, that's what I want to do. But the fact that the pathway is there, it's good. And it's it's really positive for the kids to know that, you know what, we don't have to let's get to under 16s and then we've got to think about moving clubs or, you know, because there's not anything there for us in the future. And that's where it's been <clears throat> in the past for Oxford because you always, you've, we had an NIHL2 team for a few a few seasons, but there was never, like, our 18s. We've always been stuck in the B leagues. You know, we, don't get me wrong, we're still there, but we're, we're producing players now, and we've never had a massive impact at conference and things like that. And we've got players starting to go to um, England trials and conference and where they're going to the draft showcase and oh, they're having their, their, the opportunities are going to come. So... Um, yeah, the, the pathway's there. We're still trying to figure it out as a club, how it can work best. Um, and I think, I know everyone says, oh, next year, next year. But I think next year will be a massive, massive year for Oxford, mm. um, especially with the um, the Division 2 team as well. Um, I mean, our Learn to Play, we've we've um, relaunched our Learn to Play a few months back. That's sold out now. Like, we're fully booked. I mean, at, on the last Thursday, we literally... Um, I had a count up and I went down and done an assessment and I'm like, hold on a minute, like we've got that many on learn to play, but you only level look at them as players. And then I start looking around and I'm like, we've got a massive influx of girls here. Mm. Now I've, I'm even looking, I might even put like a development junior 
girls team together because we've got that many players or that many people becoming interested in it in Oxford that like we're starting to oversubscribe in a way. <clears throat> we're having to look at like ways that we can like uh, push forward and maybe like having a girls team. It, like not saying we want to put a girls team together and they don't play for the, the mixed teams as well at junior level, but it just gives another element to for us to build on and then that gives us if we do that that also gives us a pathway from learn to play all the way up to our seat, uh, our top girls team as yeah. well as in the normal club do you know what I mean it's, there's so much going on and it's so busy and I think it's um, moving at such a rate that like you said the social media is going mad and everyone can see where we're going on that front that it's not going to be long and the on-ice product is going to ca- catch up and we're, we're um, I think we're going to be pretty big in the, in the coming years It'll, it's Definitely a club that's growing constantly, like every day. Yeah, the, the top female club there, the Oxford Midnight Stars. I was told by uh, George from the Cambridge Kodiaks, they've got their name because that was their training slot at midnight. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's mad. There's um the thing is with that, and there's you know, ice time scarce at any rink in the UK. Yeah, but um, Oxford's always struggled. I think there's only a few seasons where we only ever had, where we ever had like a a two week trip. Two day a week training slot, even for the stars. And like, yeah, you, I can remember going down skating on a Friday night when I was a lad. And like, you'd be getting off the session at half ten, and then there's there's girls and like other clubs rolling in to like be training at midnight. And when um when I was was when I was young, many many moons ago, but like there's teams there training till like three four in the morning because it's the only ice time they could get. It was crazy, but yeah, mm. that is correct. The the midnights I have got that name purely because of the time slot. So. Do you think with the Oxpens then, in addition to perhaps getting some plexi, that um, getting a, a two two training sessions for the stars is going to be sort of imperative in them moving forward? I think it's imperative for any senior team at this level. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know what other training. I know Chelmsford train twice a week, um, and they always have done. Um, but I think at any at any level, the more you're on the t- the more you're on the ice or on a pitch or whatever it may be. Learning your teammates, learning your team, being around each other more—it's like you, it, it has to help. Um, and like, like I said, like this team is so new, and there's people have come. It's basically a rebuilt squad this year mm. to be on the ice once a week, and then go and have two games on a weekend. Sometimes, like the frustration, and like over, like completely overpowers the connection of the boys. Um, and I think that's probably played a massive part this season with having so many new faces put into one squad um, and having such high expectation early on. Um, and like like you said, with everything on, around it, it's so professional. The boys come in, it's almost like you expect it to work um, without thinking, do you know what, we need to, We've. it's down to us to make it work. We've got all of this around us, but we don't want for much, you know, and... Yeah, it just for some reason it just hasn't it hasn't it hasn't clicked or they haven't clicked and it hasn't worked. But you know, so uh, we can only see what happens now. Shannon's making changes and it's in his hands now. But I'm sure he'll do a good job. He just needs a bit of time to build the team that he he wants and he wants to work with and have yeah. around him. Well, look, looking back then, as you said, you know, going down to the Oxpens and skating on a Friday night and seeing people training. What what got you started in playing ice hockey? So me, so me, my family, me and my dad, we used to always go and watch Speedway because that was like a 10-minute drive from our house um, and that was like our main interest on a Thursday night. My dad used to drive taxis um, and his mechanic that used to work, like sort his car out all the time, he, um, he used to go and watch ice hockey and he said to my dad, he's like, oh, you know, like, why don't you just pop down and watch something a bit different? And um, my dad went down, watched the game for the Stars back in... 1990 I think mm. and uh, and then he, he took me along watched the Stars game and then we went and watched the Junior game and that was it and I can remember I think I'd literally gone ice skating with my school that week and I'd the first time I ever stepped foot on the ice and one of my schoolmates skated over my finger and my mum was like you are not going in an ice <laughs> again and, but, um, and that was it and then I watched the Junior game and I was hooked and it was just uh, my second home really um, and then, like, literally, I started playing in 1990. My dad started working at the rink in 91. Um, and that was it. Our life was just Oxford Ice, Oxpens Road. And then 
Um, obviously, he passed away uh, like a while back, and it's uh, yeah, it's uh, still still my home, and it will be for a long, long time, I think. So. Yeah, you find that a lot in this sport. There's a really deep family legacy amongst a lot of players, particularly with their home rink. Mm, yeah. And it's uh, that's one of the that's one of the great things about this sport, where people from the outside might just look at it and think it's it's all thuggery and and this you know that side of it, but they don't really see the other side. No, and I think it goes beyond that. I think hockey is like um, it's very cliche to say family like, but. The, it's almost a family of every, like every, every rink is part of the same family. Like players move around in hockey, like it's it's ridiculous. Like people, if you tell, like when I used to travel to Chelmsford twice a week to train and on the in the week, and then you have two games on a weekend. People used to go, "What? You travel all that way for an hour's training session, and then you go and play two games on a weekend? Like it's unheard of in any other sport." Yeah, but people travel around. You make such good connect, connections and friends and. You know, I, I feel like there's players from other clubs that I've played with, but if I had an issue, I, I, I know I could pick up the phone and just have a chat off the cuff. They'd be there for each other, you know. And, every, and like you say, everyone just watches these videos that the Dops and that put on, and like you see all the things like people battering each other week in, week out. But off the ice, behind the scenes, like these people are talking, like get, they get on. It's, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a sport at the end of the day, and, you know, we're not making millions to play it. We do it because we love it, but off the ice, it's... It's all good. Yeah, I mean that thing with players moving between clubs, and obviously that it was 2010-11. You had a, a period with Chelmsford, yeah, uh, coming from Oxford. That the minute you'd have arrived in Chelmsford, you'd have been Chelmsford, and they wouldn't have seen you oh. any other way. No, it was unbelievable. That was a great year, so very memorable for me because it's a fun going to a team like that. Um, yeah, like you say, you get made very welcome, and uh, I never forget we made the playoff final. And then literally in the first leg of the final, I tore my Achilles. I was like, you are kidding me. And I was like, no way. Like, the first time I ever made a playoff final in my career. And I tore my Achilles and we were, then we played, um, we played Romford away. And I like, I like, suit, I was like, I'm not missing this. I suited up, like, popped a load of painkillers and I suited up and I was just stood on the bench and I got JJ McGrath just grilling me off the bench. You had part of this and he's just giving it to me. And I was like, it was mad. Such a good, yeah, such a good club. Chelmsford's a great place. Really, really well-run organisation. Got a lot of friends on that team. The Bartlett's, Pentecost, um, <clears throat> you know, um, Dow, he's a great guy. Um, and the yeah, it's a good organisation. Yeah, proud to say I was part of it for a small time. Yeah, I say, I believe in players that we've had here that have then gone <clears throat> elsewhere. There's almost like, there's no, there's no hate that goes anywhere to... Mm. I mean, we had our captain last year, Callum Burnett, has, has gone to Streatham. Yeah. Um, they've accepted as, him as one of theirs. We still welcome him when he comes back. It's it's yeah. a brilliant sport like that. As you say, because with the hockey sort of family of the people involved in it, it spreads to how the sport is, is for families. And I think that's, you see that at every rink, that it's all yeah. about go with your family to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always say to people, like, <clears throat> it's... um. Well, I don't know if you saw on my Facebook, we had one of the, an area in Oxford flooded um, over the last couple of weeks. And I took my boy down. It's his dream to skate outside. So we went down. We were like down there at, I think it was like quarter to seven on uh, Sunday morning. And um, and uh, there, when the like the sun, sun come up, and we were all out there skating. There was this family out and they literally just stood there watching us. And you could see the young lad and he was like, this is amazing. I just said to him, I said, listen, like, do you like what you see? And he was like, yeah, yeah. I said, get yourself off down to Oxpens Road. I said, Tech, bring the family. I said, you'll watch it once and you'll you'll come again without a doubt. It's just so fast. It's 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 so enjoyable to watch. And like, I, I think it's um, yeah, people that haven't seen it live to come along like family. It's a family sport. There is the there is rough and tumble and all of that and handbags thrown around, but it's a, it is a very very exciting uh, family sport to watch. Mm. I'll, uh, if, if that's all right with you, I'll, that picture I'll put up in the middle of this video there so people can see what we're going on about. Because I yeah. did comment on it when I saw it on your Instagram, but I actually thought you'd gone to the Fens. I didn't realise that that was in Oxford. That was in Oxford. Literally, there's a place um, down in um, called Jericho, and at one end of the, sort of right in the city centre of Oxford, you've got Jericho, um, and it goes down to the river. But at the other end of Oxford, you've got Port um, Wolvercut, and between them is a big 
area of land called Port Meadow and it always floods. And every year, like we all, we all say like, we just need the temperature to drop. We just need the temperature to drop. Cause it's only like, it's only ever like a foot deep. Mm. But, and like, it was, it's just unreal. Like you get, and you can literally skate for probably three quarters of a mile. Wow. And yeah, it's, it's insane. It's insane. Like you had on the weekend, there was like all the university play it like, um, guys are down there from the university teams um, and everyone you see like figure skaters out there there's people just and there's loads of other people just sat on the grass just watching you just like play out, play hockey outside it's, it's insane it's really really cool yeah cause really. I, I mean I was always thought the only one was the in the Cambridge of Friends I remember when Pence was on Zero Pucks Given he told me about this farmer floods his field on purpose when really? it's going to get when it's <laughs> going to get cold enough and wow and Pence says he, I can't remember who he was playing for at the time, might have been Haringey, and they've got to the rink and the, none of the rink plant was working so they couldn't play. So they all jumped in the car, drove like an hour and a half up to up to pe- outside no. Peterborough and all played shinny on this frozen field. Oh, that's insane. Well, it's funny because um, I know there's an area in Bracknell where they've done it a couple of years ago and there's all the reeds coming up around the edge, around no. the side, people skating around. But um, there's a lot of new build well, there's new build houses everywhere at the moment, and they seem to have like these little flood areas. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's a couple over near uh, in Didcot in Oxfordshire, and um, some of my juniors they were saying that um, these little flood pools they're ideal because they're sort of built up around the edges, and it is literally like a little rink. Excuse me. And there's a couple of the kids one, they went out on the lake on one of those little flood pools as well, and that that was all frozen over, and they're skating around there. So hopefully there'll be a few more areas that we can sort of all jump on. Like, yeah. Um, winter and stuff but it is great fun but just you just have to like yes like this morning i was bang on whatsapp on all the age groups giving it right guys anyone that skated outside at the weekend get your set you get your skates ground because your blades will be battered yeah <laughs> yeah kills your blades i'm like do not turn up to training on wednesday not be able to stand up yeah like make sure you get your skates sharpened before training so <laughs> no, it'd be about time that britain could uh give the canadians something to be jealous of with odrs yeah, exactly. And I know when I had Damon Porter on, who's at Chelmsford, he's from Calgary, and literally his back garden is a lake in between a mountain range. And, God, it was the pitch is incredible. Yeah. But yeah it, I've never been over to Canada or the States, and I'm, uh, it's still my dream to go. Like, just insane. What they, what they have out there is just unbelievable. So. Yeah, it's no wonder they're, they're as good at the sports they are, really, when they've got, exactly, they've exactly. got all of that. Have you ever done anything out in Europe at all? No, nothing. I've never, ever. I've been on a couple of, like, when I retired from playing, before I came back, like, I uh, went and done a few, like, um, rec tournaments and stuff. But you get sold this rec tournament, and then you turn up, and there's, like, loads of ex-pros. Yeah. The, 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 <laughs> we, um, I can't remember where. We went to um, went to Prague for one not long ago. And um, guy that the guy that I used to play at Chelsea with from Oxford, Alan Green, we went out together. And um, it's uh, we get there and we we're playing this team and we're like this goalie is lights out and we come off and afterwards we find out that he's the emergency backup for Carolina Hurricanes <laughs> <laughs> and we're just like yeah no wonder he was pretty legit so but yeah you meet you meet some good people and some great great ex hockey players but um, I mean rec hockey is just completely different now it's not it's not rec hockey it's all older guys that used to play the game that haven't got the commitment time now and still want to have a little whack around and, and stuff like that. So Yeah, there does seem to be different levels of, of rec hockey going on. Yeah. Um, I, I know particularly in Chelmsford, you sort of, you've got the, the Mischiefs and the Chargers that are, yeah. are, are fairly good. And then you've got the, the Reapers, which will take sort of anyone. They have offered me and I, keep, I, I need to find the time. I think it's oh, 10.30 okay. on a Friday night. Because yeah. I, I used to play a bit of field hockey, a bit of roller hockey. I've never actually played ice hockey. I was never, I could never afford it as a kid. But you can't do this and not have a go. No, no, I've got to have a go. The problem is I've got no cruciate ligaments in my right knee. Oh, so, so stopping is like a big problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, with many ailments I've got from playing sport over the years, but I, I have to give it a go. If anything anything else, it make an incredibly entertaining YouTube video. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> of me probably falling flat on my ass. Yeah. Well, have you got? Um, I was trying to see if anyone's actually asked this question, so I could credit them without taking it uh, for myself. Uh, oh, Tristan Scully has asked, "What's your favourite and least favourite moment in hockey?" Oh, flipping heck! Oh, well, my least favourite 
is probably probably got to be when I've done my um, your Achilles <clears throat> when I've done my Achilles yeah that was bad like I've had a lot I've had a few injuries but least favourite is when I've done my Achilles and not being able to play in that final game um, oh but most my favourite favourite oh man there's loads really and I think probably if you asked any hockey player they'd probably say there's a lot it's hard to choose one but um this is mad. I probably couldn't tell you, but there's so many. But um, I think it sounds crazy, but one of my favourite moments of playing was probably my last game. Um, just, I mean, it was my last game for the Stars. Went out on the hat trick, um, and just um, realising the um, support that you've built up over the years, um, you know, and like when you see how many people turn up or even my, te- my, um, testimonial game, mm. like seeing what people were like, the amount of people that came to, to the rink to watch and the amount of the level of people that messaged me asking to be a part of that game. You know, like I played against Jeremy Cornish, who absolutely hated my guts on the ice, like couldn't stand me. <laughs> and then I speak to the guy and he's like, mate, I'd love to, you know, I've, spent so many games playing against you and whacking you and stuff it'd be good to come and share 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 the game with you and sort of um, wish you all the best so yeah there's been many but I think I'd say my last game and my testimonial game just because it, it kind of hits you once you there's, you know you, you don't realise what you've done until the end sort of thing yeah um, the amount of people that supported me over the time and, and stuff like that is is quite surprising and it's um like the respect that you sort of earn over the years is pretty pretty amazing. So, to kind of make make all that travelling and the late night training worth it. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. So, yeah, it was good. It's it's good. There's a lot of memories, and I think that's one of the biggest selling points of this sport. Like, it's you make so many friends, you visit so many places, and you have so many opportunities, and you will make the most amazing memories. Um, and like even now, my boy playing the game I'm like mate this you have no idea what you're going to achieve in this sport this there's so much so much and so yeah so it's hard to pick one but I think yeah those two I could really sort of go with I think yeah well a couple here from from ads standard ads 12 I I know there's probably a teammate of yours Uh, do you remember our away game fancy dress and bumping into Richard Hammond Mate, this is so we're 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 on um um mate. I I knew ads would be one of the people to bring something up. Well, man, we've got so many stories, me and ads, and um. But yeah, we were on a. I can't even remember where it was on the way from, and uh, we'd gone like shorts and vest and hockey helmets. It was like the dress code, and we're like, as you are, you're, like, you're all pretty tanked up on the way home. And with me and ads are in the service station, just like two rhinos running and just like butting heads. And um, all of a sudden, Richard Hammond walks in between us and we're just like, no way. So we, I've got the picture. I'll have to send it to you. Like, yeah. it's unbelievable. And there's like me and Ads so like linking arms with Richard Hammond in the middle and the, the look on his face of disgust. <laughs> just, yeah, he's not happy. It's not happy. But yeah, I, I remember that very, very well. Great, great, great travel back. But it's also asked, has your cream leather sofa still got Andrew's 12 imprinted on it? Hashtag marker pen. <laughs> mate, he's, he's really putting me in a funny situation. <laughs> but, mate, yeah, we we had some good times, me and Ads. But no, that sofa's long gone. <laughs> long gone. But, well, there's a couple on here that are asking about the Oxford happening this season, and we, we've covered that quite extensively. But... Rodders, who is becoming one of my favourite listeners for giving in questions, he always gives a good one, asks, do you ever think you'll ever be as good as Paul O'Neill? Come on, Rodders. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Paul O'Neill's too good. Too good. <laughs> Way too good. Oh, those guys. They're, they're the guys that I um, went to Prague with and stuff like that and playing these rec tournaments. So yeah. It's so much fun. Great guys. Love Rodders. He's wicked. He's a good lad. Good lad. Good goalie too. Good netminder. Yeah. And uh, Ben Painter wants to know who put 50p in him. 
Oh my word, this is it's the first time I've done a podcast like this or anything like this. Like these guys are cracking me up. Paints is it Paints is another one. He's a beauty. He's a beauty. He's got fifty in you. I l- I actually love it. As a Chelsea fan, I'm supposed to hate Ben Painter. I can't help it. I love him. Mate, I think he's, he's, just, I think he's, he's great. Too good. Yeah. Yeah, he's a terrible hockey player, but a great guy. <laughs> I'm only joking. And I I did tell him actually the last time I saw him uh I don't think it was the last time I saw him face to face actually when I was down in Streatham. I think it was when we was at the playoffs in the at the end of last season. I said he's actually a lot better looking than I thought he was. Like, oh, he, he used to be even better. <laughs> <laughs> he used to be even better. Yeah, <laughs> he's a top lad, top lad painter. Yeah, that it's is. Sort of like you only have like such sour banter with for so long before you end up smiling or having a laugh, and you're just like, it's not going to work. We can't argue. It's not going to happen. No, no, he's he's a top fella, and he's he's so generous with his time for the podcast. He always sends his coach's thoughts in. Does um, he? Yeah, okay. if, if I've forgotten to text him, he always texts me, reminding me. So he's um. Yeah, he's a good lad. Yeah, he's a good lad, and and the league is full of them. I think the the Britain division, yeah. I think, is flying this year. Yeah, um, yeah. That's there was right. something I asked Owen Ryder last week that you'd probably be able to know from from being on the ice a few times this this year. There's been quite a few players that have dropped from the national league down to the Britain division. I would imagine mainly through commitment because the travelling mm. in the national division is just yeah. absolutely unbelievable. I think that's had a massive impact on the on the, the quality of the league and it's drastically gone up. So I said to Owen, like, are you now noticing people, they're not shooting at you, they're actually picking a point in the goal mm. because they've got that better level of ability. Have you noticed that when you've been on the ice that you're surrounded by better players? It's, um, yeah, but do you know what? It's just, it's, it's not even just the National League players dropping down. I think for someone that's been in the game a, 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 like a long time, but I haven't played at great levels, but you look at coaching and training and the levels of training that these kids get nowadays, but you look at Sebastian, like Seb Moore from Slough, wow. make the kids legit. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Like, so, yeah. so you turn your head right and you've got a National League player playing with you, you turn your head left and you've got Seb Moore that's coming out of juniors. He's flying at you. And, like, there's, the level of hockey is just getting better and better every year, I think. And I think a lot of it is to do with the level. Like, the, the coaching styles have changed a lot over the years um, and stuff like that. But, I mean, for me, being back at Oxford, like, um, having players like Ben Nethersout that played for a long, long time in, in the National, like, oh, it's, it's, a, it's just... He'll just sit, he'll be like, try this. And then all of a sudden, like, the puck lands on your stick and you haven't eaten. Like, he's like, just skate this way. When I get the puck, just go, and you're just like, oh my word. Like, and then bang, puck's on your stick. And yeah, it's, it's good. And again, like saying about players coming up, young ones, for them to come up so early and have that level of experience dropping down is only going to make these players better as well. Yeah. So, I think it, it, it's it's definitely had an impact from players coming down, but also with everything else that's going on in hockey and like coaching styles and the coaches that are involved in some of these teams now, um, bringing these young guys up, giving them opportunity to play at a high level so young is is massive. And I think it's, like we said earlier, even next year, next year will be amazing. I, I bet the Britain League will be massive next year, even better. Yeah, I think if it can keep hold sure. of the likes of, of, you know, the Moore brothers, Brindley Caps... Joe Smarlin, yeah. 50 points in 18 games. Unbelievable. Man. 16 years old. It's, uh, yeah. What's the lad as well? I went to London, like, I went to Romford, played against Romford the other week. They pumped us, right? And I'm just like, this guy, we're going in the face-offs, and he's like, do you want me to go left-handed? Do you want me to do this? Do you want me to...? And he's just calling me out. He's chirping like, you, is he? Yeah, he's chirping. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's giving it to me, and they're like, I, I win a face-off, and I look at him, and he went, yeah, I didn't even try that time. I let you up. <laughs> <laughs> like a 43 year old man that's never even played centre and I'm getting chirped by this young guy it's not good but they're uh, good they're good lads like you just you have a you have a good hoot with them and you know it's, it's good like it's, and it's a pleasure to be able to step back on the ice and play against some of these guys to be fair yeah no I, I think you're right I think the, the thing is as we said with the social media the way that it's publicised in the sport there's you know it's, it's not just me that does this it's Anthony Russell banners on the wall the guys at 4000 account in Pucking mad. There's the Maccas talk hockey yeah. boys in the National League. It's getting the sport out there. Um, yeah. The next step for me, especially for our yeah. level, is something Oxford were doing, which is streaming the games. 
because yeah. I think that's going to make it grow even further. But I think it has to be it has to be singularly controlled. Yeah. Rather than the teams doing it themselves, I think it has to be a, like one portal. Yeah, you almost need a, someone to come in and go. Listen, we're going to do this for the league. We're going to supply each each club with a setup that's going to work, and there's not going to be any breaks or anything like that. Yeah. And be like properly. And I think yeah, I think you're right. I think that would definitely make this make it jump to the next level. Yeah, and then the next thing I think is going to be the the guys and girls seniors making the Winter Olympics, and then I think you'll get another another little burst. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. But, um, so, do you do you follow the sport recreationally at all, whether like a local team or the NHL? Um, not massively. My young lad's a massive Seattle Kraken fan, um, but as a kid, I used to like um, Colorado. Um, but it's because as a kid, you always look for that player that you've got like a connection with, and I always. When I was when I was like a lad, I used to love it because Joe Sakic and me share the same birthday, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to follow Colorado." But yeah. that, not really. I kind of keep up to date with it more now um, because of my boy, and he's always coming down and going, "Dad, look, have you seen this on VR player and all this?" And he's coming up and oh, such and such has got this point. Did you see McDavid do this? And it's just like, oh my word! But he's got the time to follow it. I haven't. <laughs> nah, is I mean, they play so often, and it's. I mean, it's so hard to keep up with it. Obviously, it's all late at night and whatnot. And, and for my sins, I'm a Leafs fan. So I posted a picture yesterday with my daughter's Stanley Cup saying there's a Leafs fan. That's as close as I'm going to get. Yeah, mate. It's, it's like an ongoing joke for them, isn't it? Yeah, it always has been. I, I, I kind of wish I went somewhere else and watched hockey first. Yeah, yeah. But Matthews <laughs> is doing all right, though. I think he's an unbelievable player. But unless they start doing something... That, I, I think he might stay there for a little bit longer and he'll go back home to, to finish his career. I think back in... Um, yeah, I think he'll, he'll end up back in Arizona. Yeah. I've got a little soft spot for Arizona. I don't know why. I, I like them. I think they've um, got quite a cool kit as well, haven't they? I quite yeah. like that. Yeah. I was, uh, my daughter, by by proxy, I'd always say that she should be Leafs. But uh, she, she's never been stateside. But someone bought her a vintage Canucks jersey. Oh, nice. So now she's Canucks. And I'm just... Nice. <laughs> yeah, my lad, got, my lad got given a proper, proper, if I had time, I'd go and find it, a legit vintage NHL, like, team jacket. You remember the old shiny ones? Oh, really? Like it, a varsity a, type thing? Oh, yeah, but it's an old Oilers one. Oh, and I'm wow. Like, oh, my word, it is insane. And I'm just like, mate, could you imagine if that just had McDavid's... Um, signature on it you'd yeah. probably be quids in <laughs> but yeah but you never know maybe one day I'll get it but no you never know well you never know how much a, an Oxford City shirt with a 77 on in your signature might go for nah never mate <laughs> have you given them away <laughs> <laughs> where'd 77 come from then why was that your pick um, so it's weird it's a, is it, it's so your birthday's 7-7 seven, seven, isn't it yeah yeah my birthday's the 7th of the 7th but um there used to be a guy that played in um, in Oxford called Derek Flint, um, and he was an import from Vancouver. Uh, and he come over, and I watched him. And then as I got older, we become quite like we best like really good mates when he was over here, and we still talk now. Um, and he's not he's been back home for probably it's got to be best part of ten years now. No more, no longer than that, longer than that, a lot longer than that. But um, you know, I was godfather to one of his one of his boys, and he was godfather to my daughter. <clears throat> And um, yeah, and he played '77 when he was here. And uh, the day that he sort of left, he handed it down to me. And I always wanted to play that number, but he had it. And then um, yeah, and then he handed it down. So yeah, the, the main reason is it's my birthday, but it was quite nice to sort of take that on when he sort of finished his time with Oxford and, and went back home. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's my wedding anniversary as well, seventh of July. Oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah, oh, I forget that now. Yeah, from. <laughs> Yeah, now, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, from 2007, we got married 7th of July 2007. Oh, nice. So that was, uh, yeah, all the sevens. It seems like a bloody long time ago now. Yeah, I bet, I bet. <laughs> yeah. But no, so is there anything else outside of hockey there? I see the guitar in the background there. Are you, you musical? Oh, bit of a country fan. I just... Ain't I, you I, all? I bought... Ain't all you hockey players? <laughs> oh, man, massive. But do you know what? It's... I grew up listening to like Johnny Cash and all that with my dad. He was a massive country fan. I've got all the Western pist- like stuff. I've got all the pistols upstairs, the the buckles, the shirts, everything, the Stetsons <laughs> and that. Sort of went off it and through a teenager and that. And then when you get a bit older and it's massive now and it country music's huge now. So um, 
yeah, I bought that with the, all the will in the world to learn. But then juniors, coaching, playing and working and stuff, it kind of takes too much time. But it's um, one day. But yeah, I do. I love my country music. Used to be big into my fishing and that, and I don't do that anymore. Got into golf a bit through COVID. But apart from hockey, it's just work and work and hockey. That's it, man. <laughs> yeah, no spare time for anything else. No spare time. Well, in that spirit, mate, I really do appreciate the time you've given us tonight. It's been a really, really good chat. Really enjoyed having you on the podcast. No, I appreciate it, mate. It's, uh, it's always nice to touch base and do these things and sort of put the world to rights within the sport. So, but um, no, I really appreciate you asking me to come on and, uh, yeah, hopefully speak to you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, one other thank you I just wanted to do was you took part in the uh, the Adam Johnson tribute poem video that we put out after Adam's tragic death. So I wanted to thank you for, for being part no, of that as um, well. My pleasure, sir quite a um quite an amazing thing to sort of be not amazing thing but to be a part of that is quite nice it's a it's something that will stay with me forever so so yeah it's tough times that was but um you know hopefully we come out of it better in the sport and we move forward so yeah absolutely darren elliott good luck for the rest of the season playing and of course coaching the junior stars yeah thanks so much mate take care cheers mate A massive thank you to Darren for joining me on the podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed every minute of that to lift the curtain. We stayed on for another sort of 20 minutes chatting afterwards. I think what a fantastic guy. Uh, can't wait to actually meet him in person. That's, a, that's the sort of thing I get a lot from doing this podcast, actually, that I've, uh, I speak to these guys and these girls over the, the Zoom link and whatnot, and we, we get down to some nitty-gritty, and it's always a really good chat, and honestly, they're just some of the nicest people. I know, obviously, people sporting different clubs. You might have club rivalries and whatnot. But like I said, everyone that I've spoken to on the podcast is just really nice. So, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. I really hope you enjoyed that that, that episode with Darren. Um, so, yeah, I really do hope that you enjoy it. If you do enjoy it, of course, share it out. Tag us. Use the hashtag Zero Pucks Given. Get it out on your social medias as well. It will be shared out on all of ours with the links. It will be on YouTube. It will be on Apple Podcasts. It will be on Spotify. And you can find it, of course, on the Sports Social Podcast landing page where you will find everything about Zero Pucks Given. Thank you again so much for listening. Make sure you share everything on the socials. Really have enjoyed this this week's episode. Next week, we will, of course, have the roundup after the Cup semi-finals, And, of course, we have that uh, Oxford versus Milton Keynes game in there as well. And then next week, we are joined by Mr. Solent himself, Alex Murray, the player coach of the Solent Devils will be making uh, his appearance on Zero Pucks Given. Of course, he, he already has been on a, a little bit when he was in the playoffs with the Solent Devils last year. So this is going to be the first time we're actually going to get to sit down and talk to Alex about, about Alex. So look forward to that one. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.